0: Hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to a new episode of Martians Eating Marshmallows. This is episode three. It's so crazy. We're getting this thing rolling. Um, It's a beautiful day here in Paris. We are deconfining and everyone around me is wearing masks. It's a very strange world. I think that Earth is starting to look a bit more like Mars more and more each day. Today, we have a very special guest all the way from Prague, Czech Republic. Um, A friend of mine, Chris Oldroyd, is calling in. Um, He owns a magazine that is based in the Prague, Czech Republic. (laughs) And uh, it's called Prague Visitor and Prague Resident, they're two different magazines, and we're, we're gonna be talking about a few different topics today. Um, one of them being what's it like to be an expat? Because honestly, I'm so bad at this, guys. I'm technically, I guess, an expat, but I've never like engaged in like expat culture or anything, so I have no clue even really what that means at all. So, we're gonna be talking about that. We're gonna be talking about traveling. Um, giving advice to people who want to get into traveling because it's really not as easy as people like to think it is especially with social media and we're really going to be talking about what it's like to be an American living in Europe right now and uh, with the state of America and really how it feels so we're going to be talking about a few different things uh so thank you so much for hopping on this spaceship let's go Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> okay. So I just wanted to talk about like uh, what like led you to Prague.
1: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's a pretty, that's a pretty colorful story, I guess. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, I came here in December of 2015 and um, there's actually, there's kind of a Paris link here, there, believe it or not. Um, I, I, I had, uh, left the States in 2014, I guess. Uh, Mm -hmm. and, uh, I sold my businesses, uh, um, you know, like a lot of bizarre stories. There was a girl involved. I was, I was dating someone that I, uh, I had been friends with in the Caribbean. Uh, I lived in the Caribbean for a while. Okay, (laughs) And so, so I was actually going back and forth between uh, the States and the Caribbean mm-hmm. and um, it just sort of became cumbersome and uh, I I just kind of looked for a way to get out. And so once I, I got out, I, I moved to the Caribbean um, and uh, I was probably there maybe three months and uh, the girl and I broke up. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so uh it was a relatively small island and so uh as you can imagine you end up seeing each other all the time and i was absolutely miserable (laughs) so uh i i made a list of uh places that um i would be interested in moving Mm -hmm. and uh i i kind of thought about where that would be and um Originally, I thought I would probably end up. There's a small island off the north coast of Honduras called Roatan, mm-hmm. and um there was actually a radio station there that was for sale for like forty or fifty thousand dollars. I mean it was nothing and so I thought, well, maybe I could move there and and you know open a radio station there and and then I just kind of thought about how miserable I was just on the island I was on <laughs> yeah and and um. And right about that time, the uh, the Paris attacks happened. You know, this is a a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for for just kind of a brief moment, everything sort of stood still. And. Yeah, uh, so, um, you know, here I was in the Caribbean and, you know, one of the places Mm -hmm. that I really thought about coming to was Prague. And um I had always thought Prague was beautiful. And I actually had a girl who had interned for me in the States, um, that was part of the CIE yeah. program here, you know, an exchange program. And um and she was here and i owned a magazine in the States and she said, you know, um there's really nothing like uh there's really nothing like what you would want to do here. There's nothing that fits sort of the, the English, um, you know, arts and entertainment mm-hmm. monthly type category. And uh, she said, you know, you should really think yeah. about moving here. And it was already kind of on my list. And yeah, so, uh, so yeah, so I had an intern uh, that had worked for me in the States uh, when she was like 18 or 19 and she was here. Um, and uh, she said, you know, there's no arts and entertainment monthly that's in English. Uh, you should definitely think about doing it. And uh, the Paris attacks happened. the The prices of airfare just like dramatically plummeted. And so I thought, you know, uh, I'm going to go over and uh, check it out because really, I think the the return flight, like for for both ways, was like uh, was like 400 bucks. I mean, it cost virtually nothing. Yeah. And so uh, I came over here in December of. Uh, 2015 and i just didn't leave i mean i i (laughs) saw the opportunity and uh you know i had moved uh to the caribbean with i'd moved to the cayman islands with uh two suitcases Mm -hmm. and so i just packed those two suitcases and really just kind of came here (laughs) (laughs) um and uh You know, when you move somewhere, I mean, starting a business, I think just in general is difficult enough. Um, But, you know, when you sort of move somewhere and you have no command of the language, and of course, I, you know, Czechs, most Czechs, especially in Prague, speak English, Mm -hmm. and there's sort of like an an entire large um, English speaking, you know, subset of society here. But you know, for the technical things like setting up the business, um, the the legal requirements, um, of course, you know, the Czech Republic is somewhat famous for being, uh, having tons of bureaucracy and paperwork behind
0: everything. Yeah, like France, um, obviously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh,
1: so, yeah, so you really, you know, I had to find someone to help me navigate that. Mm-hmm. Um uh, you know, a, a, a good English-speaking lawyer uh, and a good English-speaking accountant really are sort of like the two main things that you need here, and then friends, friends who speak Czech yeah. as well. I'm sure it's the same there um, because half the time you just have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah, um,
0: yeah. So just so, so just to talk a little bit about Prague Visitor um, and mm-hmm. and like w- what exactly you guys do and how many people work for you and just talk a little bit about it.
1: Sure. So we actually have two magazines. We have one that's called The Prague Visitor, which is focused uh, towards tourists. Mm -hmm. Uh, Magazine prints around 20,000 issues per month. It's free, it goes into Mm -hmm. around 300 hotels. It also goes on inbound student agency RegioJet buses. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, you know, the content is uh, Mm -hmm. sort of like the name would imply it's uh, more for people who are just arriving and are gonna spend maybe a week here um, the Czech Republic gets around 20 million tourists per year mm-hmm. uh, or did before this whole coronavirus thing. yeah uh, and uh, and so it's really focused towards them the other is the Prague resident which is focused towards expats mm-hmm. and you know expats are people like you or me who live somewhere uh, and it's not their native home um, sort of the the interesting thing about English speaking publications is that English has become the second sort of, um, the second, the the primary secondary language, if you will. So, uh, it doesn't matter if you're living here and you're from, um, you know, if you're from France or, or you're from Italy or you're, uh, you know, from the Ukraine here, the primary, uh, secondary language is English. So, uh, you know, with those two publications, um, we basically kind of felt like we had the market covered, like I said, until this whole coronavirus thing. And now it's just sort of dramatically changing the way that we're, we're going to be approaching the publication. Yeah. Uh, uh, as far as, you know, how many people we have working for us, uh, it, it kind of varies throughout the year between two to three people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have obviously a lot of writers who are simply uh, they, they'll just you know, knock out a story and we'll, we'll pay
0: freelancers for that. Okay. So how, how do you see the whole like coronavirus affecting uh, Prague tourism and your business essentially?
1: Well, I mean, uh, I guess I'll first talk about Prague overall. Um, it's, it's sort of, it's, it's kind of an interesting vibe when you talk to people because um you know, so many of us are looking for the, uh, the silver lining. And, and then I do think there is like a positive thing, um, you know, where I think we don't have the same problems, for instance, as Paris. Uh, um, we have very sort of different, um, you know, we were kind of an alcohol destination, I think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, we would get a lot of, yeah, we'd get a lot of stag parties um, coming from, from Germany and the U.K., uh, we get groups of, of people showing up here just to sort of get drunk. Uh, and, uh, and, and that sort of tourism, um, you know, they, the people tend to, uh, sort of tear up the infrastructure of the country. They, uh, they don't spend a lot of money. Uh, and, you know, Prague is already inexpensive. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I know one of the things that, for instance, the the um, Prague City Tourism had been looking at was, you know, how do we, rather than saying, look, you can come to Prague and not spend much money in a weekend, how do we sort of change that to, you know, Prague is an affordable place, you can come here and have a five-star experience for what in other countries would be, you know, twice yeah. that money. So, so you know, sort of wanting to raise the level, I guess you'd say, of of the guests um, and For us, it's, I think personally, I think it's kind of an opportunity to do that. I mean, you know, we're very, our offices are very centrally located. And in fact, on one of the the busiest streets, um, tourist wise in Prague, Mm -hmm. and it was lined with places that really were not typically Czech. They, they're not places that have things that, uh, you know, they're, they're just, it's just tourist garbage, you know? And so, uh, I think this is what's what's interesting is when the virus hit and when the, when Prague started when the Czech Republic shut down, uh, these places all had to change dramatically. Yeah. So the restaurants that were charging uh, five euros for a beer are now suddenly charging one euro for a beer, which is what it should be here. Yeah. And so um, I think for the first time, hopefully, uh, and hopefully, you know. From an, from an economic standpoint, it could balance out. But I think it's an opportunity for tourists to get the same deals that the locals mm-hmm. get. So um, I think that's a great thing. Uh, you know, you, you sort of have, I think, in this environment, um, and I'm sure it's the same in Paris, you, you have sort of this subculture that are tourist places that, you know, as a, as a local or even as an expat local, um, you would never go to. Yeah. You know, like when somebody says something, you're like, oh, you, you know, somebody suggests something uh, that's a friend visiting, and you're like, oh no no that's shit. That's where tourists go. And and we definitely we have the same thing. Yeah. I mean, there's there's a nightclub here that is very centrally located that I would never recommend in a million years anybody to go to. Uh, uh but the tourists pack there. Yeah. And so, the, you know, the drinks are expensive. The uh the you know you're, they're, they're not, they're not very good on security. So there's a good possibility you'll get your wallet lifted. I mean, <laughs> you know, and so if we can see places like that disappear, I think it's an amazing thing.
0: Yeah. I feel like, you know, for me, it's like when I first came here, um, well this is my second time living in Europe because I lived here when I was 16. Um, but, okay. but, um, coming here, I, I came and got uh, my, uh, masters here and I think one of the things that I was like uh, introduced to was this like expat kind of life that I had never kind of experienced because when I was 16, I was living in with the French family and um, I never did anything like American or was never really around that many like Americans and stuff that had moved over here. But a lot of the kids or young adults that had moved with me here that they were All like, oh yeah, expat, expat, expat. I remember just like you know, like, like at what is that? Yeah, Yeah. at this point in my life, you know, I don't even identify as an expat, even though I am that, I guess. Um, But can you talk about what that means to you? Because I just have like no clue. Like for me, I live in Paris with um, what in my building. I'm the only like person that's a native English speaker. Um, My Build, my neighborhood is like mostly French-speaking, and I work. I've always yeah. worked for like French-speaking companies, so I don't really know what that what that sure. means. So, you can you just talk about that for a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh,
1: so, you know, um, the interesting thing about the Czech Republic is we do have a lot of expats. We do have a lot of of people from other countries who, who live here. Um, uh, and you know, it's it, it really is a pretty big melting pot. I mean, I have friends who are Russians. I have friends that are French. I have friends that are, are British. Um, and uh, I think the Czech Republic has done a really good job post-communism. And I think that's one of the main differences as well yeah. is, is, you know, this is a country that's only, only you know, been sort of open to the rest of the world since since the early 90s. Yeah. Um, uh, but... It is a giant uh, subset of the culture here, um, starting with sort of, you know, it originally started with the Vietnamese um, who were coming over, of course, during communism. Um, and, and they've been really sort of accepted in, in, into the Czech culture. Um, but then there are, you know, you, you have different types, I think different um, uh, Levels of, of expats, I guess you'd say you have people that are that are like me who, who, who moved here. Uh, I've now you know uh, I'm now my partner is Italian. We have a child. Well, she's half Italian, half Czech. Mm-hmm. We have a child, um, and and so you know there are people who intend on making a or living here for a long time. Uh, um, unfortunately, I have not learned the language. You'll find a lot of Czech uh, expats in the Czech Republic who, who have not learned the language. Yeah. Um, and, and that's simply because first of all, you know, now most of the younger Czechs speak English. It's it's similar to a bunch of people
0: moving to Berlin. Like if you go to Berlin, like most most people don't speak German. Like it's just, it's even the Germans speak English in Berlin. So I think maybe that's exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh,
1: um, you know, and it's, it's a very difficult language as well. Um, but you know it's uh, uh so that you know that part is is kind of odd because you live somewhere that you know again you know I have to rely on 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 you know an accountant or an attorney or a friend to sort of help me navigate yeah. uh, a lot of the, the the business aspects of it, but you know then you also have sort of these uh you know you have these kids that come over they'll spend a year here or two years and sort of experience the the extended study abroad or gap year. Yeah, exactly. Like Cause it is affordable. Um, and, and so you sort of have these two different groups, uh, you know, from the advertiser standpoint, in other words, the, the, the standpoint of the, the people who buy ads in our magazines or online, they're interested in this expat audience because a lot of them are making decent money. And, you know, when you are 25 or 30 and you move somewhere and you have nothing, you don't have a car, you you don't have, uh, you know, you'll you'll be purchasing everything. You'll be purchasing everything new. Mm-hmm. Um, then you know they have an interest in in them for that reason, and also because expats sort of notoriously um, have a little bit more of of expendable income. Yeah. Um, you know, so you have people who you have companies like Amazon or Deloitte or uh, uh, E&Y, uh, Johnson and Johnson, Siemens. Um, I mean, there's a giant list of companies who all do a lot of business here. And, and part of that, you know, is bringing in people from, from outside of the Czech Republic. Yeah.
0: So, um, can you just tell me like, you know, as an American that's living in Europe, uh, and obviously, you watch mm-hmm. the news and stuff, and I watch the news. How exactly are you feeling about being a European, you know, resident compared to what you're seeing in the the <laughs> U.S. right now? Because, like, like here, well, it's like for me, I I can just say that like being here, um, I don't know. I, I think I'm definitely American. I don't like deny that, but I feel like my views and stuff are so different sometimes. And like French people, like notoriously hate Trump, and it's like so funny and stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just like they do, but just like, you know, have you had any interesting things to talk about?
1: (laughs) Well, it's, um, you know, uh, I mean, first of all, I'm from, I'm from Oklahoma. So I'm from probably the most red state, uh, that you could possibly be from. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's notoriously conservative Yeah, saying that, uh, you know, I come from a uh, very liberal uh, family, um, and my viewpoints have always been a little bit sort of on the fence. I mean, I, I've I think that's one of the things about my personality type is I've been somewhat objective and and respectful of other people's viewpoints. But it's it's interesting because uh, you know when you move here, you know it it used to be that you would move somewhere and, you know, I've been an expat for a long time before uh, I, I left the States in the early two thousands and then went back in the, in, you know, 2009 and I was home for four or five years before leaving again. But it used to be in the beginning, there really wasn't, there weren't social, there wasn't social media. So you just kind of left that behind and, and you forgot how people back home, I guess. Thought. Yeah. and, And now it's I find myself just hiding, uh, you know, hiding person after person, particularly, (laughs) you know, my my friends from Oklahoma who are are in their you know, my age or are older. And I'm in my you know, I'm in my mid 40s now. But it's uh, it's frustrating. You know, a lot of them uh, have never been abroad. Uh, They don't. yeah, the the viewpoints are I I find are. I think America is, a little bit of a dangerous country, in that not that many people have passports and, and yet it's sort of you know one of the most powerful country. It is the most powerful country in the yeah. world, and so um, it's. It's been frustrating to watch. I mean, it, it really has been. It's been it's at times embarrassing. Um, you know, I remember sort of at the onset of the coronavirus epidemic, you know, posting things uh, online. And of course, you know, you have to realize the, the Czech Republic, we were the, one of the first countries uh, in Europe to to sort of batten down and require masks and um and and i'm I'm very proud of that like i I really think that you know and as a result we're we're now opening our borders, the businesses are open um and you know by i think next week, everything will pretty much be back to normal okay. uh and you know and it's hard because I remember as I was beginning to post these things we we actually had our child uh we were i think the third couple that were told that that i could not be there for the birth of the child which was a little odd and so i I didn't actually meet my daughter for the first five six days um which is bizarre i mean it's a really it's a great story but it was very surreal sort of going through it at the time but you know i remember friends from back at home back home you know uh even then they were you know um you know th- this virus isn't that serious it's not that that big of a deal and and it's been it's been sort of hard watching uh especially the you know the political narrative um you know from from the white house that's sort of come out that's you know yeah. <laughs> Sorry. it's it's been hard to watch it's it's been hard to watch and it's it's been a little bit embarrassing to be honest yeah. well
0: like you brought up you brought up how you thought like America is a bit of a dangerous country because not that many people have passports and stuff. And I thought that was just like such a huge, such a good, um, you know, thing to say, because for me, you know, I totally like agree with you because I feel like a lot of Americans, they do travel, but if they travel, they travel within the U S and I'm not saying that like a lot of people don't come out of the U S and stuff, but for me, even the way in which they do travel, like, you, you know, I have friends, for me i just turned 26 but like before that i was you know traveling like by myself i went to new zealand by myself and i just kind of like went i just packed a suitcase and like went but then i have like friends you know they go they they um they switch their money from american dollars to euros like right away they like travel with their passport right. like strapped to their yeah, chest yeah. you know like <laughs> they make it seem like you know yeah like, i um... i think that's the <laughs>
1: That's the other thing. That's exactly, it. that's, that's the other thing. You know, when, when I was, I lived in, uh, I lived in Mexico for a while and, um, when I was living in Mexico and we would see this trend, not just in Mexico, but also in, uh, all across the sort of the, the, the touristic, um, uh, touristic Caribbean in places like the Dominican Republic, e- e- when Americans travel abroad, they're a little bit different than most because they sort of travel prepared, uh, you know, and <laughs> well, not just prepared, but you know, they they love uh they love all inclusive, that's true. Absolutely. You know, the Americans they, they love all inclusive, uh, and and in fact, you know, in places like the Dominican Republic, um, and and in, in Mexico, you know, they're told, look, don't leave the resort, don't leave the resort, we have everything you need, and it's dangerous if you, leave. yeah, exactly. And, and so what you end up having is sort of this, you know, I think when it, when a country is, when the citizens don't experience other cultures or what it's like in other places, um, in their in their they're insulated from that, then, then it's, it's difficult to understand someone else's viewpoint. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll give you, I'll give you a perfect, a perfect example. Uh, you know, as as Americans, we're told, you know, that Cuba, Cuba is this horrible place and exactly. that they that they hate it. And, you know, I, I've i been there several times and, you know, the experience is, you know, for the most part, a lot of them are okay with, with things. You know, I mean, I remember being quizzed one time by, by someone who was saying, you know, I don't understand if you lose your job, you mean you lose your job, like you don't have another job. I'm like, well, yeah, that's kind of how yeah. it works. And they're yeah. like, well... We just, we just go in and someone else gives us another job. yeah. And, and so for them, the concepts were, were totally different. So, you know, and, and we're also told, you know, that Cubans, for instance, are, are, are not that educated, but they actually, they have, they have quite a bit of, uh, you know, it's the, the educational level there is, is
0: yeah. Well, seems, I feel uh, like American, outstanding like in, in like American schools. I know, like, you know, when you talk about, uh, fidel castro like you talk about like you know just him being this like horrible you know dictator but but in reality like a lot of americans don't realize that you know the embargo like definitely um affected cuba a, a, a lot so oh yeah so, like, god yeah absolutely know, if, if there yeah. wasn't that embargo um they would pretty much be similar to uh puerto rico in some ways uh, it's, I mean, <laughs>
1: it it's still it still is an interesting place though I mean you know it's uh it they still have done their fair bit of revisionist history. i mean I remember the first time I stayed there uh the the hotel where I would stay uh was uh, a newly opened uh Hilton i think and um what happened is when Castro rolled in. They basically did a drive by of the presidential yeah. palace is kind of what it, or the, the presidential yeah. offices and just took everybody out. And apparently it was so it was it was so compromised and in, in, in such bad state that basically all of the militia, including Castro, moved into this new hotel. Yeah. So you, <laughs> yeah. you, you have to think about the fact like. Back then, it was really sort of like uh, it was like Las yeah. Vegas. Like that's how you kind of have to think about. It was like Las Vegas in, on an island, and so you have to think about all of these horrified, uh, um, you know, Americans who were running this hotel, and then and then Castro shows up. <laughs> but they had these they had these giant photos in the in the lobby of this hotel, and and it's got these militia guys who look like they haven't bathed in <laughs> weeks, and Castro. And it has, like, uh, captions on all of the photos, like, uh, you know, we, we welcomed Fidel Castro and his men who liberated Cuba. And you're like, no, no, that's not what happened. You guys, you know, they were probably scared shitless of these yeah, militia exactly, guys yes. coming <laughs> in to this to this five-star hotel. So there's definitely some revisionist yeah. history there. But, you know, it's, um, I, I do, uh, getting back sort of to the, to the original um, thing is I, I do think that, uh, that by uh, America is sort of being so insulated from the rest of the world. I think it's, it's easy to sort of, I mean, I have friends that still think that the virus is completely a hoax and I'm like, yeah. or, or that it, or that it's uh, simply for political spin. And I'm like, look, this isn't yeah, exactly. about you. Like, this is about, this is about the entire rest of the world. You know, this has nothing to do with you. Yeah uh you're just a yeah, part of it it's just so, so crazy
0: to like you know look on the tv and see like all these people protesting about wanting to get their hair done and stuff and it's just like uh, then, and yeah. then, like living yeah. here people like give you that side eye <laughs> and so, Like it's so it's so crazy yeah you yeah know?
1: yeah i mean he, <laughs> yeah i mean that's and and what they don't i think what frustrates me is is i'm seeing all of these people saying you know we have a right to this is this is kind of the American mentality, I think, too, unfortunately, is everyone has a right, you know, their, their constitutional rights. They, they had rather fight for those than exhibit common yeah. sense, you know, uh, and, and it's like, look, this isn't about your right at this point. This is about just common mm-hmm. sense. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, when I look at places like the States and I look at sort of what we've done here in the Czech Republic, like I said, we're out of this next week, and things are back to normal in the states. I think it's gonna—they're just prolonging it. So they're prolonging it by by trying to either pretend it doesn't exist or pretend it's fake or, uh, or focus you on know, their right. Yeah, their, yeah, it's,
0: yeah. It's, yeah, focus it's so, on the it's right. It's so crazy because so. you know, like here in in Paris, like you know, I didn't really leave that much during the quarantine. Now we're like deconfining, but it's still you know very you know restricted in some ways i went to the metro yeah. and they told me to leave and go buy a mask and then and then i could come back maybe so <laughs> um so <laughs> right kind of, yeah it's yeah. kind of funny because you know i'm talking to uh, my mom and she lives in uh virginia um where i'm originally from and uh They they were out, like you know what I mean. They were out, you know what I mean, driving around, like you know, getting things to go and stuff like here. Restaurants were closed, like you couldn't get anything. Like that's just like it's yeah,
1: so 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 that that's exactly that's exactly where we are. And there's a lot of sort of like uh you don't really know what to do because you know, for instance, now uh there's outdoor, you know, restaurants. You can't go inside the restaurant, you have to eat outside the restaurant, you have to maintain two meters away. Uh but then That In public, you always have to wear a face mask. So you're like, how how am I going to drink a beer or eat food at a restaurant with a face mask on? So there's sort of like, or like yesterday, you know, uh, I have a convertible. I'm like, okay, so we're driving in the car. Uh, Do I, you know, normally you can take your face mask off in the car, but I have the top down and the windows down am I gonna get stopped if yeah. I you know so you just don't really know and i'm it. like I'm yeah. super
0: like yeah. afraid of that fine I'm like I'm like please do not yeah. find me Mr police officer Cause I'm like, <laughs> yeah. because yeah. like it's a serious like like amount of money and I think that kind of like you know
1: <laughs> yeah here it, it is here too I think it's i think it's uh it 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 equates to about five hundred bucks it's like around ten thousand uh Crowns here, which is around five. Yeah, I $5, think different. I think here, like so, yeah. it goes
0: up each time they catch you or something like that or whatever. So I don't know. It just is like, yeah. I try not to, you know, stay out but, too long. <laughs> but
1: but I think you know I think the the American mentality, unfortunately, is not going to allow. Uh, it's not, it's not going to allow them to buckle down and, and which is, which is unfortunate, you know, it's uh, because I think a lot of people, a lot of people are going to die.
0: But I think that that also kind of like speaks to the, the American kind of like system and like the whole like capitalist system, because, you know, here in France, we have so many taxes and stuff and like, you know, but, and you pay a lot of taxes to, for these public parks and, you know, your your healthcare and stuff like that, but um, but you know if the government tells you to stay home, then you stay home, you know. Um, right. But yeah. but at the same time, a lot of the world is kind of like it is like yours in a way. Like take the, the metro or something like that. Like if you see a tourist with their foot on the seat. A lot of French people were like, put your foot down <laughs> because it's in some ways it's, right. it's yeah. theirs yeah. in a way. But but it, right but America, exactly. they paid like some of the, the least taxes, but they feel, you know, such ownership for their country in a lot of ways. So it's it's yeah. it's kind of that like mentality as well.
1: Yeah, I, I I think so. And I also think, you know, I think also honestly, you know, Europeans just in general have been through yes. this shit. So it's like, you know, for them, it's, uh, you know, Americans just aren't being, aren't used to being sort of told yeah. what to do. Uh, you know, I, you know, I think, uh, I think there would be huge revolts if, if, if it weren't a matter of public health and, you know, the government was trying to say, look, you do this. I mean, this is a, this is a country that kicked out yeah. communism. So, you know, these guys are not afraid to, yeah. to stand up. Uh, but, you know, again, it's just, it's more of a question of common sense over arguing about what yeah. your right is. <laughs> so, um, so it's, it's going to be, you know, getting back to our original topic, it's going to be kind of a weird time here now because we're actually reopening everything. Um, <laughs> no,
0: sorry. No problem. <laughs>
1: uh, hey, go outside. Um. It's it's going to be an interesting time here because we we actually uh, are reopening the borders uh, to but only to countries that are in similar um, conditions as uh, that we're in. So, for instance, Austria, which has you know a very low case uh, load right now, um, you know we're going to be reopening the borders uh, there. Um, Croatia, which is uh, sort of like the Central slash Eastern European beach scene, we're going to be, you know, we'll be able to go there. Um, But it's, it's, it's kind of a weird time because, you know, for instance, Americans, I don't know when we're going to take them, you know, I don't know when they're going to come back here. So yeah. For us, for us with the magazine, with the Prague visitor, especially, it's just kind of a giant question mark because, you know, obviously, Uh, we haven't published now in two months because it's been two months since hotels were allowed to open. Um but uh, the question is is sort of once the hotels reopen next week, are there gonna be the guests here?
0: That yeah, that's and so uh
1: so you know that that's kind of the 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 big question mark because it's not only just about the readers, it's also about the advertisers. And you know, so many advertisers have been damaged. Uh you know, who relied so heavily on tourism here have been damaged by this. And so they're, they're kind of in this funny place where it's like, do we spend the money to advertise? And if we do, then it needs Yeah,
0: more. Well, I mean, for me, like now you're, you're talking more about like, you know, tourism and stuff like that. Um, can you just tell me when was the first time that you left the U S like what age was that? Um.
1: I was,
0: uh, man,
1: in my twenties, in my early twenties.
0: Well, and just because you, you know, when I, when I first left, I was like, I think 15 or whatever. And, uh, and like, you know, everybody, I remember I was uh, acting in New York city and one of my agents that I had at the time was like, why do you have a passport? You're 16, and I was like, because I want to go places. <laughs> like, like they're, like they're right, like exactly. so like confused or whatever. So can you just tell me like how important travel has been for you? Because like for me, it's like my life. Like I love to travel and stuff. But um...
1: yeah, I mean, it is. I I think you know, for me, geographically, uh, I was sort of geographically confined. Again, you know, being Definite. from Oklahoma, um, you know, my parents, uh, you know, very sort of middle class family. Um, my my dad is is uh, the king of uh, if someone gives him twenty dollars he's managed you know he manages to put away ten or yeah, yeah. dollars yeah do. <laughs> uh, yeah yeah exactly uh, and and so you know quite honestly our our trips growing up were always yeah. road trips I mean we were very we were sort of the very typical American family uh, in that you know we. Um, We went to the grand canyon we actually did a destination road trip that was uh to we did it a couple of times to different six flags you know uh that was sort of like a movie (laughs) um uh vacation i mean you know so it was uh you know my and my 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 parents weren't really travelers, you know, I mean, they weren't, uh, my father was, I think when he was younger, he had, you know, lived in, in a couple of different places abroad, but, you know, for the most part, it, it sort of became, um, uh, I think it, I, it sort of became important to me as, as I got older. I mean, um, you know, after university I, uh, packed up and moved to a ski resort in Colorado Moved yeah. to Breckenridge, yeah. Colorado. And and so, uh, I think it was kind of a stair step type thing. Like originally I was into domestic locations and then, um, you know, as my, as I closed out my twenties, uh, I started looking out of yeah. the country.
0: Well, I think that, you know, it's something that people really kind of have to like get into because I know that like, like you said, for me, like I was, I think one of the first people to leave the country, um. In my family like my family they weren't travel travelers i re- remember my grandmother would go to texas for uh for work and i thought that was like the coolest thing i was like she gets to travel all yeah. these different places like i was like texas that's so yeah, exciting yeah. um but then you know one thing that i try to like you know tell people like especially like americans they're like who, who want to get in to travel i'm like you know well y- you can start with the cruise you know what i mean <laughs> because that 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 is right, something yeah, that, yeah. you know, a lot of people look down on. But it is kind of, you know, something to put you out of your comfort zone. Do you have any, like, advice for <laughs> people that want to get more into traveling?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I have sort of rules that I live by. I and mean, first of all, let me say, you know, when I lived in the Caribbean, cruises were obviously Definitely. looked down upon yeah. so much. Uh, like, we used to we used to say it's, it's the... Uh, the inbreds, newlyweds, have yeah, beds, no, no, newly no.
0: <laughs> that was
1: kind of like the, uh, but the, you know, the, actually even the cruise industry now kind of has, they have some pretty cool, uh, there are some pretty cool trips out there. Um, you know, the, the, the best piece of advice I could probably give somebody that wants to get into travel is, uh, you know, don't confine, if you choose a destination, don't confine yourself to, for instance, the same hotel um, I remember when I began traveling, I would actually only usually book like the first two nights. Um, and then once I got there, I would book okay. everything else. So if I was away for a for a, a one-week trip, you know, I would get there. And, you know, for instance, what looks great on a map or what other people think is great, you may find is, you know,
0: yeah. kind of blase.
1: I mean, I mean, you know, if, for instance, if I were to, you know, if I were to come to Paris, uh, you know, most people would say, OK, well, I want to be, you know, I want to be near the Eiffel tower. No. <laughs> you, know, you of all people probably know that's no. not really where, you know, that's not the coolest <laughs> part of Paris. So what happens is you get there, you talk to people, you learn a little bit about, you know, what there what else there is to experience. I think Americans especially, I think, you know, uh, Americans tend to sort of. Um, they, they pick the, the, the biggest things and then those are the things they want to see and then they're ready to move on. And it's like, wait, you know, check yeah. out the rest of the culture, see what else is out there, see what, what you know, in surrounding neighborhoods and see how the locals yeah. actually live. So so just
0: yeah. like one last question that I have for you is um what mm-hmm. like for me, I'm like, you know, I guess technically Uh, in non-European, living in Europe. And I know that there's a lot of people who like, you know, come over here and they want to start their own businesses and make their own path, more so make their own path rather than like start their own businesses. Um, What advice really do you have for them or me um, since you've kind of uh, done that? You've come over to Europe, you come over to Prague, you started your own business and really created your own path. What advice do you have for... Yeah. Um, it's,
1: it's it's a little bit of a paradox because I think you have to listen. To, I mean, the, the best piece of advice I could give is uh, ask a lot of people
0: <laughs>
1: questions, uh, but don't listen yeah. to everyone's advice because there, are, there, are, there will be a lot of people that will tell you it won't work. Um, there will be a lot of people who will... Um, you know, discourage you, and uh, I mean, a perfect example is I remember when I moved here, um, I interviewed someone who was working at a uh, at a publication that was a quarterly publication for tourists. And when I interviewed her uh, for, for a job, she said, "Look, your, your publication will never make it. Uh, you know, these hotels, they don't want publications. It's you're you're going to be in, in big trouble, uh, and I give you two or three months. And and I was really like, I mean, I you know, I went home and was like,
0: oh, yeah, shit, what yeah. have I
1: done, you know? Um, and and then I finally found one of their publications. I found one of their magazines, and and as I looked through it, there were things like family water parks that were advertising, which is great. But then on the next page, there was like yeah. a brothel. <laughs> So, you know, and I was thinking like, well, no wonder, no, hotels yeah, don't yeah. want this. You know, you can't go into the four seasons and say, you know, here's these magazines. Can you please put them in the rooms? And they're, they're advertising for,
0: for yeah, sexy exactly.
1: saunas. So, you know, it's, um, but, you know, probably I would say that, that would be the, the biggest piece of advice is, you know, educate yourself, but at the same time uh, try to separate What are actual facts, you know, these are the things that you have to do in order to live somewhere Um, from what people's opinions are, Uh, because it's really, you know, you'll have people constantly telling you it's just impossible. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much yeah. for joining me here on my podcast. I appreciate it. No um, I wish you the best of luck. I'll probably be in Prague within the next Thanks. couple of months, actually, uh, because my trip got canceled from last month. So, um...
1: well, when you come, uh, look okay. me up and we'll grab thank a coffee. So
0: thank you. All right. Bye. All right.
1: Thanks. Take care.
0: All right, guys, that is the end of our episode. Thank you so much for joining in. Um, I really love talking to Chris because he's just like a really cool dude. Um, When I found out about him, like I was like, yeah, there's this really cool, you know, magazine in Prague that tells you about all this stuff that was going to happen. And because, well, I was going to Prague the month before, but my ticket got canceled because of the corona uh the rona um but when i was like looking up stuff i found him and then i found out that he's actually an american and i was like oh that's so cool so you know i really thought it would be cool to have him on the show um but like chris you know he really just has this like go-getter thing and he just goes and does it i i think that's so cool um but he kind of you know embodies this like expat thing I really hate the word expat not because it's a bad thing but because I am not an expat like I'm just I'm just not like and it's not because I'm uh, not an American who has moved but because I just don't engage in the expatism which isn't a word but I don't care it's a word for me um but he is and you know being in expat is totally not a bad thing it's a really great thing um but it's, it's just, he's just like a really cool dude. So I really loved having him on here. And like, I asked him for advice. Um, my advice to all of my listeners, my listeners who want to get into travel, because some people like, I have a, a lot of friends who like grew up traveling and I just did not. Um, and it is actually kind of hard to get into traveling. It really is whether it's money, whether it's comfortability, it's, it's, just it's, it's kind of difficult um but my biggest advice for people is really just go and do it (laughs) that's and it sounds so cliche but really just go and do it I wouldn't necessarily recommend people traveling how I travel because I am the worst traveler I'm just like I promise you I sit in my bed at 5 a.m and I'm like okay I just want to go to Greece look up tickets and then I buy tickets and then I'm like hmm, forget about it and then A few weeks later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be doing something this weekend. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm going to Greece. I should pack. And then I pack within a few hours. I don't bring money. I'm just like, I don't plan anything. I just go there, find my hostel, chill out with people. Then I just walk around and then find myself in the strangest places. Um, So I definitely wouldn't recommend people traveling how I travel. But... I recommend you just going and doing it. And the other thing is, you know, don't wait for people. Just don't do it because I promise you, you will miss out on so much of life if you wait for people because that's just, you know, it's just not something that you should be doing. I realize that I am an only child and I don't really need that much companion. So I do understand how uh, difficult it can be to just go and, you know, do something without someone else. Um, But you are going to miss out on so much of life if you wait for other people. The other thing is I'm giving you advice. Chris gave me advice. Chris gave the listeners advice. But, you know, take this advice and take what you need and throw away the rest. Because for me i've like talked to certain people and they're like oh my gosh like my friend lives there she knows this she knows this the thing is your friend may not know everything so talk to multiple people and and do your own research as well because if you listen to one person they're going to tell you the wrong thing and some people have had really bad experiences and their experience doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be your experience so thank you so much for tuning in guys um this podcast is really growing and i'm really just excited about this journey um Like I said, we're all together trying to get through this journey called life. So thank you so much for coming along with me.